Vanessa Esperance Rodriguez is a Principal Research Engineer at the Department of Computer and Information Science. In this episode, she shares her story about how she ended up at LIU, why she decided to stay here, and what tips she has to new international staff at Linköping University. This is Work at LIU. My name is Priya. Hi, Vanessa. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Priya. Thanks for having me. Um, we're talking to different people at the university, uh, international staff, and we want to hear their stories. And you are one of the chosen ones. Uh, so I would like to hear a bit about your background, but also how you ended up at Linköping University. Yeah, absolutely. I feel very special uh, when you say that I'm one of the chosen ones. <laughs> Um, so right now I'm working at the university as a research engineer uh, and I divide my time working at the university and downtown at an organization called Samordningsverbundet Centrala Ostejotland, which is a public agency coordinating vocational rehabilitation services. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been in Linköping for the past six years now and I got here because I received, uh, applied and received a PhD position here at Liu. Uh, so I actually defended my thesis last year uh, in the middle of the pandemic and one was one of the first people to have these long distance uh, Zoom dissertations, which was uh, very different from anything that I have uh, imagined for myself as being a dissertation. But yeah, it was That was what it was. Um, I'm born and raised in India, but I've been living abroad since 2012. So before uh, Sweden, I was living in the Netherlands, where I also did my master's in international business. um, And I have a background in economics and uh, hospitality. Okay, very interesting. Um, Did you have any experience uh, from Sweden before you came here? Uh, You said you lived like you've lived in Europe. So obviously you had European experience, but did you have anything from Sweden specifically? Actually, no, um, which which I found, which I think is very surprising, considering that I was uh, for nearly two and a half years in the Netherlands. um, But I didn't actually meet any Swedes there during my time. Uh, I met one Danish person, (laughs) but uh, no, (laughs) not really the same, not really the same. So uh, no Swedes. And I think my knowledge of Sweden was very limited to uh, knowing what the capital of Sweden is and uh, knowing about Gothenburg and Kiruna because those uh, Kiruna is a popular destination for travel so I'd at least heard about it and then of course the usual suspects like Ikea and ABBA Um, so yeah that's that was more or less my knowledge of Sweden. Um, You said you came here as a PhD Um, what made you decide to kind of stay on? Very good question. Uh, I think it's for me the work-life balance that I have uh, experienced here because having worked in India and uh, also in the Middle East uh, partly, 
um, it was very unusual when I came here in the first week and then colleagues were passing by my door, uh, which was ajar, knocking at five o'clock and going like, oh, please don't stay too long. It's already past five. You should be yeah. going home. Uh, and I almost felt strange about leaving on time. Um, and I love that people encourage that you go and do sport or take a fika break. Um, and it's not all about just work, 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 at least in my experience. So I really appreciate that. And I think that's kind of spoiling me for work uh, potentially in other countries. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's it's good that you mention it because a lot of people have mentioned the work-life balance, um, that it's quite unique for for Sweden. Yeah. Um, and as we are already talking about, you know, a bit of differences um, between Sweden and other countries, is there mm -hmm. anything else you've noticed when it comes oh, to... Um, yes, uh, yeah. so much. <laughs> <laughs> But I think... Uh, Definitely the attitudes and the work culture, that's a huge difference from a lot less, uh, from a lot of the places that I've been in. Uh, it's less hierarchical somehow and also very informal. For me in the workplace, that was also, I had to get used to calling people by their first name, yeah. even if they were my supervisors and things like that. And they were very relaxed or writing an email with just hi, which is something that took me nearly three years to get over. So I think I, I think it's it's very relaxed in that sense, but still takes a lot of time getting used to. Um, other things that I like is the how easy it is with a lot of the digital services and uh, using your card and paying by Swish. So the convenience uh, of a lot of these products, I definitely see a marked difference to when I go to other countries, even in Europe, like Germany and things, it's not as easy. You need to have cash everywhere. Um, and even when I go back home, I have to be very conscious about these things. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I find particularly strange, though, that I still have to get over is um, my neighbors avoiding me in the stairwell. Uh, this has happened to me at least three times where I've opened the door and I've heard another person in the stairwell open their door, but they've heard me open the door and then they go back in. So I don't really know my neighbors, which I think is very, very strange because we have in back in India, we have very close relationships with yeah. all our neighbors. And yeah, that that is something that's very different and hard to get used to. And I don't really know how to approach this, but maybe you have some tips. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't really have any tips about that because Uh, but I do think I when when I've talked to people about this is that I think there's a difference between living in an apartment building and living mm -hmm. in a house. Okay. Um, because once you live in a house, I think the neighbors, you kind of have your own space, kind of. Yes. But probably. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But I'm from what I've heard, and there's no scientific evidence <laughs> about this. I'm not a researcher in any way, but I think it's a very apartment building thing to avoid your neighbors. Yes, probably. Uh, because when I've been out and uh, hiking and walking around in general, um, people have come up and like just started 
a conversation. And then I found that very in contrast to how people don't approach me here in the city, even my neighbors. Um, So I'm almost skeptical when someone is approaching me then to talk to me. Yeah, then you kind of want to. Yeah, I understand. Uh, Any other differences that you are like that you've thought about? Um, food. I was amazed by the variety of potatoes and silk preparations <laughs> you can have. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really think that was possible. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's amazing. Uh, and you go to the farmers market, and everybody has like these different different colored potatoes. Even um, yeah, the food culture is very different from uh, Indian. Uh, kitchen that I know of um, but but in a good way it's always nice to explore something and I like that you have this uh, Swedish svensk hogdida I think they call it um, so you have these crayfish parties and then you have yeah. uh, Easter and then you have the Christmas table and midsummer of course and dancing around the pole and yeah there's a lot of ceremony around those events I think uh, which I really enjoy so, yeah, yeah and I think people don't really really realize how how much of our events are how much our events revolve around food yes i mean like sweden might not be known for their culinary culture (laughs) (laughs) like ikea and meatballs that's basically what people think but or like like you mentioned crayfish parties at christmas there's so much christmas food easter food midsummer food yes uh, there's just so much going on yeah uh, revolving around food and then it, it's quite i find and uh, sorry sweden but i find swedish food quite bland <laughs> uh, but you know there's a lot uh, around yes there too. is a lot i, th- I think uh, it doesn't get enough uh, uh, sort of uh, press so to speak um yeah meatballs have uh, permeated their way into popular culture and that's what's representing sweden unfortunately yeah <laughs> Coming to Sweden as uh, as an international like member of staff or as an international person at Linköping University, and now you are from India, so I'm guessing you came across some hardships and struggles when you came here. Uh, yes. Uh, Can you tell me a bit about them? Absolutely. Uh, it's been a while, but some of them like really stood out, I guess, because. One of them was finding accommodation. I did not know about this queue system and people tried to explain to me, but, uh, and then they tried to connect me to Facebook and uh, I was just writing like crazy to anybody and everybody in Liu and on these Facebook groups because I was afraid that I would be homeless uh, when I came here yeah. because uh, finding accommodation was uh, really hard and I didn't know how to work around that nobody really had a good answer for me uh, on what to do. I got some suggestions for apartment hotel kind of solutions, which were way out of my budget. But I was like, well, it's preferable to being homeless. So um, I think that that for me was 
my biggest concern before I could move. Uh, but then luckily I found a room with another PhD student and then we kind of sorted it out. So housing was a huge concern. The other thing was really, uh, you it's hard to articulate how difficult it is to get around without a Peugeot number. Yeah. At the time, I couldn't even become a bonus uh, member at the supermarket without a Peugeot number. I don't know how that is now. But definitely, I think the most the most difficult thing was not being able to open my bank account. So I received my salary as a sort of check that I could go and cash out, but I did not want to do that because cash is not accepted in a lot of places. So it didn't really make sense to walk around with bundles of cash. Um, And yeah, the banking system also I found really difficult because when I did get my Peugeot number and then the Swedish ID card that they said that I would need, um, I went there in October and then they were like, well, we have the first appointment for you in December. And I could not wrap my head around why I need to have an appointment in December to open a bank account. Because in India, people would just be like, oh, you want to open a bank account? Good. You have your documents. Here you go. Here's the paperwork signed. And in one or two days, you get uh, your uh, account details um, and your welcome package. And so this took really a lot of time for me. Luckily, I had uh, my Dutch bank account still um, and it was convenient then to manage but I was not prepared for that because I I didn't know that this would be a problem so then I had to ask my parents to like wire me some money and yeah so that 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 was not the best part because being financially a little bit insecure is not the best feeling when you've just moved to a new country. No, and I can totally understand. And what I can say, you say this was six years ago. Unfortunately, this is still the case with the Peugeot Nomad. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's you're you're quite you're quite locked one when you don't have it. But once yeah. you get the Peugeot Nomad, like, and you're in the system, things get a lot easier. Absolutely. Um, but I don't think people realize just how much you need that yeah. Peugeot Nomad. Exactly, because it's not a system that we. Uh, that I've encountered uh, because in the Netherlands you also get some kind of social security number in the Middle East we don't we didn't have that kind of a setup nor did I have that in in India or where to the point where you need a social security number for, for doing anything at all um, so it was really that shift uh, that okay this number is the most important thing for my life in Sweden yeah yeah, yeah. it, it yeah. is actually it is without it you you yeah, you need it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, we've talked about hardships and struggles, but let's go back to Sweden and the Swedes <laughs> a bit. Uh, was there anything you thought you knew about Sweden? You said you didn't have much experience about Sweden. Mm-hmm. You know, you knew about Stockholm, ABBA, IKEA and all of that. Yeah. But anything, you know, how you think that people might be a certain way and then... Yeah you kind of realize, oh, I was so wrong about this. (laughs) Uh, A little bit. I think um, because Sweden is one of these countries that I've also always seen ranked in these happiness index uh, kind of things. And I was like, oh, people here must be really jolly and everything. But when when I came here, I, I understood that people are actually very 
reticent, like they they hold back a little Mm -hmm. bit in the beginning. And when someone asks you who more do or how are you, you just say, and you move on like they're not yeah. looking for anything more than yeah, that no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, because yeah I, I guess in in other situations or at least back home this could easily turn into a 15 minute conversation maybe even longer where, where you're actually talking about how your day is or what is up with you um, and I didn't know this in the beginning so I I gave the long answer obviously and then when I returned the question to the other person they were like yeah all well thank you and I was like oh that was very brief (laughs) and no Um, it is you know what's fun what you can try next time is to actually say no because like you said people ask a question and they expect the answer I'm good yeah Um, but it's so much fun to kind of said you know what I'm not well today yeah, <laughs> uh, and kind of see their reaction uh, because it is like you say, like you don't you don't dwell on your feelings or or things like that. Especially yeah. well, older people. I think older people might do, but uh, and I'm talking like old, old, like eight, mm-hmm. over eighty. But you usually just ask the question to be polite. Yes, uh, that's Which true. Is, so, so it's quite fun to not not people <laughs> it's just yeah. fun to see people's reactions yeah but but um, i think once you get to know people then they open up and then you can have like that genuine conversation definitely. but uh yeah in the beginning so that was a bit surprising i was like oh that's not how you, i should have responded maybe um but yeah i, I guess that that was something different I, I don't think it's wrong or anything i guess that's just the way people are um that was something that stuck out for me. Also, when someone pointed out, because I I didn't notice this, but a lot of my colleagues in the beginning pointed out that I always said, hi, followed by the name. And okay. this is something that I didn't even know that I was doing consciously. And then like three distinct people I remember pointed out, say, you always say hi, X, like, you know, and then I would say, yeah. hi, Priya, or hi, Johan, or something like that. And, and they were like, and I was like, yes, and because I want the person that I'm saying hi to, to know that I'm saying yeah. hi to them. Uh, otherwise, I, I guess to me, it feels impersonal just to say hi. But uh, yeah, people just nod and go like, hey, and walk by you. So yeah, maybe that, that's that part of like the informality that yeah, that is in Sweden, like, you know, you just say hi, and then just like you ask, "How are you?" Oh, I'm fine, and then you just get yeah. it over with, like. Yeah. So yeah. that was it. Um. So, just one last question Absolutely. Uh, to you. We've talked for a while. It's been very interesting. <laughs> um. If a new international member of staff is joining Lin Shopping University anytime soon, or if they've just come here, mm-hmm. what is the advice you can give them? that you think like, oh, I wish someone had told me this. <laughs> Buy a coffee mug for when you are at work so for all the fika that you will be having. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but on a more serious uh, note, I think, um, as I mentioned, you know, with the finances and the bank account, uh, this, if you haven't got your Peugeot number, this can be you just have to plan for that you can manage your finances to tide you over for maybe the first two or three months at least uh, even if you are getting 
paid uh, to factor that in and also factor in costs of like furniture and household items that you might need to buy if you're moving into an unfurnished uh, place uh, that, that you're renting or whatever. And for that, I think secondhand shops and Facebook marketplace is really good to look uh, and buy things at very reasonable prices. I, I I didn't know that you can have like these Eric's Yelpen and those kinds of things when I just came. So I ended up going to Ikea and buying new uh, furniture, which I wouldn't have needed. So um, I think secondhand shops and Facebook Marketplace. And I think Liu uh, students also have this Liu secondhand, which sells yeah. uh, furniture to students. So I think that's really worth uh, checking out. And also, um, don't est- underestimate how dark it can get. <laughs> you are, you are seriously. I think in every episode I've recorded this past couple of weeks, everyone's like, "I knew it was going to be cold, but I didn't know it's going to be this dark." No, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Maybe it's also because we are recording in November. <laughs> yeah, that it's so prominent because I think summer in Sweden is also really great, but uh, it can be dark and you have there's definitely a shift if for me from someone who lives very close to the tropics and it's it's a huge shift uh, but uh, that being said i think buying some candles and lamps and lighting up your room or your space and then you can misa at home so um that's my that's my tip very good tips uh thank you vanessa for talking to me today Yeah, thanks Priya for having me again. You have listened to Work at LIU with me Priya and this episode's guest Vanessa Esperance Rodriguez. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes.